0: Quick one! If you can hit follow or subscribe to this podcast, that really helps me track new listeners. Cheers! Hello and welcome to the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. Now, of course, before we kick off, it's important to remember that the Wealth Journal is not financial advice for any form of um, investment advice recommendations. Please speak to, of course, a investment or finance professional, and don't listen to some random person on a podcast. Anyway, with that out of the way, let's just dive into the Wealth Journal traditional episode this week. I'm going to take you through three key points from my Wealth Journal from the previous week's sort of things that have been on my mind. And the first one is the investment strategies of billionaire hedge fund manager Ray Dalio. Now first a little bit of a background on Dalio. I think I have mentioned him before on the podcast. He's the founder of Bridgewater Associates, one of the largest and most successful hedge funds in the world. He has a net worth of over 19 billion dollars at the time of recording and is known for his unique approach to investing which he calls principles. So I thought if I can just learn a little bit about Ray Dalio, who knows maybe even just 10% of that 19 billion could be mine in the future. Mm, let's find out. So what are these principles and how can they be applied to our own investment strategies? Now, one of the key principles that Ray Dalio emphasizes, and this is probably something I need to get better at, is the importance of having clear or having a clear and systematic process for making decisions. Now, this involves thoroughly researching potential investments and considering all the possible outcomes before making a decision. I think sometimes I'm a little bit too quick to to pick a stock or make an investment decision. And I do get FOMO and actually trying to think things through, maybe considering different sources as well is potentially a good option. Another principle is the idea of reflection and introspection or regularly taking the time to reflect on your investment decisions and then evaluate whether they were successful or not. So looking back, doing a bit of soul searching now, the beauty of me doing this podcast is I can go back to previous episodes, look at what my thought process was, maybe even consider some of my previous investments and then decide whether they were good or not. And this actually has allowed me to learn from, from my mistakes and improve my investment decision making over time. We're going to come on to diversification in a second, but that's one area that I really think I've improved on since maybe doing the doing the podcast um, so yeah, it's worth worthwhile worthwhile doing, and that leads me on to to the next point from Dalio. He emphasises the importance of diversification in your investment portfolio. And I thought I thought I knew diversification when I first started to construct a portfolio. I thought by having a few different companies, but I didn't actually realise at the time that a lot of the investments I were making were heavily correlated, even though they were. Companies from different industries, different companies, of course, maybe even different parts of the globe, but actually were quite heavily correlated. So, of course, diversification means not putting all your eggs in one basket, but spreading your investments across a variety of different asset classes and industries to reduce risk. And he's a fan of building a portfolio with, of course, uncorrelated assets, particularly useful when navigating tough times. You might have heard the term Ray Dalio's All Weather Portfolio, a portfolio that still performs even when times are tough. Now, in addition to these principles, Dalio is also known for his use of risk parity in his investment strategies. This involves allocating investments based on the level of risk rather than the potential return, which can help to balance out your portfolio and reduce volatility. Now overall, Ray Dalio's principles and investment strategies can provide valuable insights for anyone looking to improve their own investment decisions. And by implementing a systemic process, regularly reflecting, diversifying, and considering your risk allocation can help you increase your success in the market. Might not guarantee it, but it can certainly help you. And then just by doing the research for this little, little point here, it has definitely thought about my approach to 2023. Point two, point two, I have, um, jot down here, a note about holding periods for stocks and over time, just in general, that has been shrinking significantly. Now, Ron Buffett, of course, friend of the show, whether he likes it or not, famously said that. Um, his favourite holding period is forever. But today, the average holding period for US stocks, and imagine this is probably similar in the UK as well, is just six months. Six months. Now, that's actually down from eight years back in the 1960s. So we've obviously got a little bit more into the whole buying and selling um, cycle, much more than what we previously did. But it probably doesn't surprise you to hear that the reason for this is mainly due to the improvements in technology and the growth in high frequency trading. And if you combine that with the easy to use commission free trading apps out there, I think it very much encourages much more activity. But is that a good thing? I'm not so sure. Um, Time will tell. Time will tell. I've tried. I'm trying. You know, I I, don't, I wouldn't say I, I trade that frequently. Um. But I you know, I've made some trades certainly within the last few years. Um, So I can't really say I'm an eight year holder at this stage. But yeah, whether it's a positive or negative, I'm not sure. But it does actually go back to a point uh, that I was reading when I researched Ray Dalio's um, investment strategy. Although I didn't necessarily include this. But one thing he does say is actually take profits. So when your stocks go to a certain level, make sure you take some profits. Whereas I guess from a Warren Ruffin point of view, although he... I'm sure he does that as well. You might think looking at some of his quotes that you never take a profit, you just hold through thick and thin and then just let compounding do the rest. I'm sure he probably does take profits and looking back and some of my previous investment decisions I've just held through thick and thin as well and maybe maybe I should have taken profits or even you know just taken some profits. Now, personally, I think more trading does equal more risk, but it does provide some opportunities because today's winning stocks do get overhyped. Let's face it, certainly have done the last few years. If you, But if you can find those companies with a nice, steady, long-term outlook, maybe maybe the waters are a little bit choppy for them at the moment, but nothing hopefully detrimental. You might be rewarded for your patience as as the investor of today tends to stay clear of those companies because they want instant returns. So sometimes the near-term issues affecting a company don't always curtail long-term success. And that's where there potentially could be some bargains. Okay, final point, point three, bit more of a topical update, quite recent, but US inflation continues to cool, which is, I guess, good news because inflation was still high in the US in October, but they did see a slowdown. However, economists were, were sort of careful not to get too excited because The November numbers came in this week and inflation has actually slowed again. So maybe they are starting to get excited now. And it was the lowest reading we've seen for almost a year. Now, this has been good news for equity prices, for stock prices, because the market thinks then that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, will actually slow down or even pause the rate rises. And we've mentioned in the past that high rates constantly going up, bad for stock prices. So a slowdown or pause is good for equities. And we did see the market respond again. If you're a long-term investor, maybe this doesn't, doesn't concern you, but that's what's sort of going on at the moment. I do, however, still remain slightly cautious. I don't think the US or the UK, for that matter, has seen the full effect of the recent rate cha- uh, rate changes that we've had. I know the housing market has started to cool. Consumer confidence is very low. So I think it's still going to be quite a, um, a tough few months. Whether that's already priced in the market, it potentially is. I'm not 100%, 100% sure. Um, now, so I have heard sort of some quotes to say that, well, the housing market is very different today than what it was back in 2008. There's still huge supply issues, which is what will help keep it robust. But who knows? Who knows? Anyway, that's everything for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Of course, let me know what you think. Um, I'm Welcome feedback at any occasion. So please get in touch. And um, I look forward to speaking to you next time. Take care. <laughs> you.